Hello, welcome to The Small Screen, a weekly TV podcast. I'm Max Kennedy. Joining me on the other line is Denise Luca. Hi, Max, and hi to all the listeners. Hey, Dee. How's your weekend? Plenty of TV, I hope. Yes, way too much TV to the point where I don't know where to start and where to let go and do some real life <laughs> things like housework. I've been watching The Foundation, been watching Total Control on the ABC, been watching Succession, obviously, and I've gone back to you on Netflix. It's going cray cray in this household. Oh, God. I well, thought you'd already finished you. I hadn't finished. I had um, four more episodes to go, but I got distracted by all the latest mm. beautiful stuff that's coming out. So The shiny stuff. Yeah. And you? I caught a couple of movies. So I watched Tick, Tick, Boom, nice. uh, the Netflix one, which I thought was amazing. Really good. Really cool. strong performances. What's that one again? Uh, so it's the Lin-Manuel Miranda directed movie about that's kind of like the life story of um, Jonathan Larson, the creator of Rent. Yes. Okay, I've read about this. Sort of, yeah, musical that takes place. But yeah, it kind of looks at to his very first musical that for all intents and purposes bombed. And then mm-hmm. the musical that he made after that, that sort of reflecting on that first musical. And right. yeah, I think famously like an idol of Lin-Manuel. And yeah, it's a really good performance from Andrew Garfield. Really mm-hmm. good songs. Pretty great. And a kind of devastating story. Oh, by no. the end of it, don't tell me because I don't know the story. Well, they don't really address it in the movie, but mm-hmm. and it doesn't really address rent at all. I'm sure if you're super into all that kind of thing there's some easter eggs that lead to rent but Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know too much about it but the day rent was meant to make its broadway debut he passed Mm -hmm. away so he never got to see the rent become what it was i think it's run for 16 years on broadway or super successful kind of changed revolutionized musical theater to Mm. what it is today but there you go very sad that is sad and you may already have noticed from this that I'm not a very big fan of musical theatre and I hope that people don't hate me for that. <laughs> I just, it's not in my bones. So I can discuss anything from TV shows and films. When it comes to musical theatre, I take a step back. I hope people don't hate me. Don't hate me. It's pretty jarring, I think. You either love it or you hate it. Hard mm. to be sort of in between on those ones. Yeah. Uh, and then I finally got to see Dune. Yes. Which was awesome. I look forward to that. Yeah. How was it? Yeah, really good. Uh, it's like Danny Villeneuve is a genius. It looks incredible. The ships, the planet, uh, mm. the actors. I think like the cast is stacked. Jason Momoa, your favorite. Oh, uh, Jason Momoa, steals yes. the show. He was really good. And then yeah. Chalamet and Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah, everyone's really good. How is Chalamet in this one? Can he? Is he a great lead, carrying the whole thing on his shoulders? Well, he's good. He's. It's kind of the nature of the role. If they copy the books, it'll only get worse. But he's a pretty brooding figure, and it's cool. a lot of internal thoughts and him sort of assessing what's going on around him. Yeah. And as he becomes more of that leader figure in the series, it's going to get worse. He becomes less, yeah, not to spoil anything, but becomes a lot less human as a character and more of a like sort of prophetic figure. Like the makings of a villain? No, not a villain, just sort of, it's kind of the nature of that character. Like he's a prophet. Mm -hmm. He's, I don't, well, yeah, I don't think that's spoiling anything to say that they kind of outline it from the very first page of Dune. But Mm -hmm. yeah, he becomes less human as a character, has these future visions and he's really good at everything and more robotic in a way, wow. which is a bit sad, but yeah, I don't know. So it's he transformed his, it into some kind of android, <laughs> the <Yeah>. reverse. <laughs> not really, yeah, not an android, <laughs> but he just sort of, yeah. It's, it's a funny story, but yeah, a really good one. And like, it's a great a- adaptation, I would say. Mm-hmm. And I think that's hard with an adaptation to know what to leave out from the books, what to put in. Mm-hmm. This one kind of, I don't know, yeah, sort of how you judge an adaptation, but for this one, it really made me want to go back and read the book again. Oh, which wow. I think is maybe a win for an adaptation. Yes, and it sort would of be. yeah, in a good way that I wasn't like, oh, screw this, I'm I'm gonna read the book. It was more like the book elevates everything that's happening on screen. Like if you want nice. a little bit of backstory to each of these characters, that's when you pick up the book. That's cool. But, yeah. That's cool. I was impressed. What about the action scenes in this one? In terms of an action explosions, um, big like ship fights and missiles, all that stuff was cool. Some hand to hand. That's what I'm looking forward to, Max. <laughs> I will put like a forewarning that it isn't really that kind of 
movie story. I think that's sort of where they're marketing. That's how they're marketing it to get people in for that big blockbuster crowd. Mm-hmm. And obviously there are two or three huge set pieces that are yeah. there to bring in the audience, but that's not really what the story's concerned with as much. So they're good. They're entertaining. But mm. yeah, I don't know. You'd have to, I wasn't really looking for that. So it'll be interesting to see how you like it if they're mm. not as, yeah, if it doesn't hit as hard. But yes, curious to see. First, I have to rope someone in to come with me. I don't have many sci-fi, um, sci-fi fans around me. So I've got to basically, I might end up going to the f- movies for the first time on my own, which will be really yeah, strange. That's always fun. Oh, to me, it's not. I always feel like going to the cinema should be something you do with at least one more person, someone who can, you know, who appreciates the same type of genre and you can discuss it with someone like I'm doing with you now, Max. Mm, like Discuss I, it after, yeah. Exactly. I don't want to go and just like watch it and go, yeah, that's great. I really enjoyed that. And then talk to myself about it. Like I want to, you know, mm. well, enjoy can, the experience yeah. with someone. You can discuss it next week. Yeah, of course, yes. <laughs> just go and you'll be my, yeah. <laughs> my buddy. <laughs> but days apart. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, what were you watching, Guy, besides all those others? Oh, Max, I watched Nitram, oh, the Australian yeah, film cool. about um, Martin Bryant and mm. the the backstory to him from when he was a little boy to basically the point where he committed that horrible crime in mm. Port Arthur. I thought it was really well done. It was great cast, kind of great insight into his mind and his actions and to the point where I think before he kind of like really lost the plot, I felt sorry for him. Like I felt really bad that he wasn't supported the way he needed to be with the issues that he had. And then Mm. he just completely derails and it's, I'm really glad that didn't really Oh, maybe I should stop here because I'm prone to spoilers and people should really watch this one. It's yeah. it's a really great film, really highly recommended. But, yeah, are you planning to watch that one, Max? Yeah, I've heard really good things and I love the uh, Snowtown movie that yes. that same director made, Yeah, which was it's- equally as bleak and, yeah, mm. quite depressing. But It is depressing but it's a subject matter, right? It's mm. not going to be a rosy, happy story. No. It's you know where it's going, you know how dreadful that was. If you're around for that event, you know, it was pretty shocking um, and it kind of leaves it, tra- it's traumatic, like it leaves you thinking, oh, my God. So and the fact that um, I think at the end of the film they discuss how the gun laws were changed around the time that this happened, but really they've been they've kind of relaxed the laws on all that now. So, yeah, anyways. Uh, very sad. But, on a, yeah, well. I guess no way to segue out of that, but on a bright note, I just recently watched the first episode of season two of How To with John Wilson. Oh, yes. Which is back. And it's yeah. like, yeah, breath of fresh air, um, <laughs> as good as it ever was. And mm-hmm. the first episode is how to how to invest in real estate or, yeah, how to begin in real estate, which is really funny about him. Right. I don't know if you've watched the previous season, but his landlord is like this... 90-year-old old woman is like selling the building to go to Las Vegas and she wants him to buy the building for $900,000 or something. Wow. Very funny. Okay. Yeah. And I think Sounds good. it's just, yeah, like it always is for anyone that's never watched it. It's kind of like a visual podcast of him in New York and he's every day, all the, he's a documentarian, so everything that he films all cut together. Mm. Sort of the opposite of the Beatles doco. <laughs> yeah. The Beatles doco is just all seems like just one camera, one reel of footage. And this is like one second clips cut together into this perfect, strange beast of a show. It's pretty incredible. Definitely strange. Definitely. <laughs> like I, I tried to check out the first episode ages ago and I thought, what am I watching here? And do I want to continue? So I think that's one, that's another style that basically I think divides people of, mm. Um, some people like yourself love it, usually the guys and then <laughs> the soothing. girls. Yeah, most of the girls are like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to like it, get something from it. I don't know. Oh, there's always but, a um, message in there somewhere. 
<laughs> but the, the, I think the best part of this episode is he goes to the bank to get a mortgage and mm. he's talking to the mortgage broker and she asks him what he does and yeah. even he struggles to say what he does. I always feel he's bad when sure. I can't yeah, describe to people what this show is and what it's about and even he's like, oh, it's like memoir, documentary. <laughs> like he, yeah, even he struggles. So mm. I'm like, oh, that makes me feel a little bit better. <laughs> About describing what it is, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, if it's it's any it's unique, so it's definitely unique. I guess it's created something new. There, you know, there are blogs and there are memoirs, and now there's this <laughs> kind of documentary style. So exactly, very, yeah, just HBO knocking it out of the park again <laughs> with this and with the new episode of Succession. Your father made it. You know the story? What, the skunk, the porcupine, and the concubine. Probably the best wedding present I'll ever get. We are to choir Gojo. This is bigger than anything you've ever contemplated. Gojo's price is moving up. He played your room. Do you want this deal? I just want to get myself the best of everything. I don't like things going on I don't know about. Let's just have it out. I want to see you, Dad, on your own. OMG, what was that episode yep. that we just watched? <laughs> Season three, episode eight. I mean, I knew it was going to build to something. It had to build to something incredible like it did in the last season with the finale, but this has taken a very interesting turn. And at the same time, so there's like a very tragic element, I think, aspect to this episode. And then you've got the hilarious bits that we're going to talk about soon mm. as we tackle each character. It's just so well written and so well balanced, I think. I don't know. How, did you think the same with this one, overall impressions? Yeah, I love this episode. So I, I guess, And I guess to sort of summarise it, pretty much the whole family yes. going to Chianti Shire for their mother's wedding. To marry Peter Munyon. English actor. Yes. Who's shown up in The Nevers, The Crown. So, again, another nice. succession, just casting flex there. And, yeah, while that's going on, you kind of get that dual storyline of the wedding in the background and then the deal, which mm. they're all mainly concerned with. Yep. Max, tell me, this deal falling apart and all these tweets, because, you know, I'm old and I'm not very Twitter literate. So what did Matson actually tweet? I saw an eggplant. I saw a camera. I didn't understand the message at all. Can you decipher it for me? Uh, I think it's all very vague. Yep. Initially, I thought that he was tanking his company, but actually I think he was sort of leaking in a way that he was about to get bought by or there was a deal right. happening with Waystar Roycourt, which right. boosts their share price, his share price, and then essentially you're boosting it to level with Waystar so that they're on paper, as wealthy as each other, and then why not merge? Wow, if they could that buy is so Waystar clever at that share price. Yes, I didn't see it that way. I saw Roman and everyone start to panic with all these things that were coming out, but I because I couldn't decipher the message. I didn't understand. I thought they were just thinking that he's lost the plot, releasing <laughs> things, information that he shouldn't somehow, but I didn't quite pick up on that on what exactly was happening. So now yeah. you just clarified that. And that's how he basically can actually step up and say he wants a merger rather than a takeover, right? Like or... Ah, uh, because that's the first one he says is heading to Macau to celebrate, right? Yes, yeah, something along the lines of that, yes. Which you could sort of read between the lines if you were in that if you're <laughs> you in could. That, that investment area <laughs> or, yeah, business side, you'd read that as this deal's happening. It's kind of like the, the HBO, AT&T deal like, or Disney Fox, these deals that people knew were happening for years in advance, months in advance. So you'd assume right. people would kind of know that. Like they said, there's no one else that really Waystar could buy. There's no one left. So you sort of have everyone kind of already knowing this has happened. He tweets this out, which legally mm. he's not saying anything. Everyone can read between the lines and see that this is happening. And then, yeah, boosts his share price. There you and go. overall company. Another evil genius. <laughs> I had the same thought though. I, it took me a while to get my brain around it because I'm so used to like I think there's an Elon Musk analogy in there somewhere 
where he tweets and then it tanks the Tesla price. Yep. Tweets about Dogecoin and it sends that plummeting. So I sort of had this thought where like, oh, is he tweeting and now the value of Gojo is plummeting down? Mm. But then that kind of benefits Waystar because it's cheaper for them to acquire. Yeah. So yeah, in the end it was, yeah, boosting the share price. Just listen to these games. Very savvy. This, yes, very savvy, very different way of doing business, right? Mm. With all these using all the social platforms to, you know, sway people and yeah. change the price of shares. That's like incredible to me. It's incredibly illegal. It's frightening as well. As well. Mm. But I don't know, they're pros. So they find a way to get around it. Yeah. <laughs> Should we move on to here from here to talk about how Roman how they deal with that, with that fallout and like how he goes and he basically mm. meets up with Matson, who basically wants the equality, what we just talked about and the merger. Yeah. Yeah. I think very, this is a big Roman episode. It's been a big mm. kind of Roman arc. I think we've, mm-hmm. pre, we previously spoke about it, that season one is more of a Logan centric season, a bit like Ann Kendall. Season two, probably a Kendall season. I think this season, even with the finale, we'll see what happens, is a pretty Roman, it's turning into a Roman-heavy season. It is, but by the end of it, I don't know where Roman <laughs> stands. Yeah, he's kind of blown it, yeah. I was just going to say about this, that he was on a roll. I was mm. like backing you for wanting, he was predicting that he <laughs> would be the next CEO. And then he goes and lets his strange weaknesses ruin it all. Like that was the funny, single most funny scene in this season mm. in the boardroom where they're waiting for the bankers to come through so they can discuss this Gojo deal. And he actually, you know, argues that they should maybe merge that it's going to benefit Waystar, Roco and all that to be called Gojo Roco or whatever it is. <laughs> and um, how it's going to bring the, you know, he does such a great job pitching for that and pitching for the future of the company. He's, like father actually agrees, wants to listen, wants to entertain the thought. And then what does he do, Max? What does Roman do? Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I can repeat it. On uh... uh, It's just so inappropriate. He just sends, uh, what, a, a dick pic mm. to Jerry to say, do you want to have a dinner to celebrate tonight? And sends the picture to what he thought was Jerry, <laughs> which actually goes to his dad. <laughs> It's, I mean, <laughs> oh my god! It's so it's so funny that the only time I think that's the only time that Logan has ever praised anyone, yes, or like yeah, or, or Roman, just but like gone out of his way to praise someone with like a message that said "Well done, son" or "Well done, kid." Yes, which I thought was pretty pretty crazy, and then immediately he just <laughs> ruins it. He had it. Yeah, that's Max, it. He had Roman it. had it in the bag and then he, because, yeah, he just let it all slip. Did, do you remember his facial expression when he realised his dad received that text? Ugh. It was the best. <laughs> I think he's a, he's an Emmy contender, I think, this just um that, this season. Just that one scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just that scene is, is epic. And then the fact that he, he goes and he sits down with his dad to talk about what just happened because his dad's basically grilling him going, you know, um, what does he say? Logan drills him and he says, you know, like, are you some kind of sicko? She's like mm. a thousand years old because he realizes what that's, that's meant yeah. to go. Just that reprimanding. It's awesome. And he, Roman doesn't know what to say. He knows he screwed up big time and he kind of like crawls out of there going, Hey dad, um, you coming back or it's just like, no man, you've lost him. You've just stuffed up everything. I think anyway, what do you think? Yeah, I think so. But yeah, even that's weird though when Logan brings Shiv in to sort of decompress and <laughs> to talk about it. I think he mentions, well, is this just Roman being Roman? Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the hell does that even mean? Like, yeah, no. He's still sort of trying to find ways to justify Roman's behavior or. Yeah. Which, which is probably because he's sort of put his faith in Roman, mm. hoping to push Roman forward. And now Roman's sort of made himself look like a fool and made him look like a fool and that card's off the table now, you'd think. That's terrible move. And what about <laughs> Shiv in this whole scenario where she's talking, she takes Jerry aside to kind of get her to admit that Roman is sexually harassing her by, you know, carriage device or whatever's going on. I don't know how much she knows about that strange relationship, but she's trying to throw him under the bus. 
Yeah. Do you remember? And then yeah. she walks out and going, I got you. I just, I, you know, I worked on dad for you type of thing. <laughs> she did it. She's, she's mm. ready to take another brother down. <laughs> yeah. Well, it does seem like the old Shiv is kind of back. Like the bloodthirsty yeah. will do anything to get to the top. Yeah. She was, she got there and then I, yeah, maybe she got a little bit complacent or a bit naive or something. But now mm. she's she's ready. She's ready. She's angry. She's vengeful. She's, yeah, I think, I don't know, Max, I might win this one next episode. <laughs> Although with a big, um, massive Kendall story arc and ending, I don't know if this is going to go, I don't know where this is going to go in the finale. So should we talk about Kendall and what happens to him in this episode from the beginning? From the haircut. I'd say. From the haircut. As soon as he enters the frame, you kind of like, oh, this guy's not good. Because he got the buzz cut now, right? He did actually, yeah. I thought he had that for his party. No, maybe he didn't. Yeah, No, his hair was short, but I don't think he's like, it kind of almost looks like a DIY buzz cut. You got like a little few, it's a bit patchy. It doesn't look, Mm. I think somebody mentions like you're heading to the front. All right, (laughs) yeah, that's right. Wartimey. So Kendall's interesting to me because I feel like he's done um, a full a full circle. He's gone from um, Logan's lapdog to taking Logan down and with this awesome revenge move. And now I think he's gone he's gone back again. Not so much to become his lapdog, like beyond that, like he's crashing bad. Mm. And I'm trying to pinpoint the the point where he actually turns around and like where he just collapses and falls to this buzz cut, probably taking some stuff on the side, just that whole depress, depression, right? Mm. Um, and I don't know if that was the end of the party or like you remember how the party ended yeah, really badly. Yeah, him on the, on the balcony. Yeah. Yes, in and crying in the girlfriend's lap and all that. Mm. Whether the fact that his mum basically uninvited him from her wedding was also like added to the kind of like being kicked while you're down, mm. that was horrible. I thought that was pretty bad. Yeah, that was rough. It was rough. And then having that dinner with his dad, um, which I thought would never happen, but Logan actually rocked up to the dinner with just them two to discuss basically him leaving the company, right? Mm. And how cruel was that a whole dinner? The fact that it just shows you how heartless um, Logan is, right? Yeah. Firstly, in a comical way, he doesn't trust the dinner. So he gets his grandson to try out the mozzarella, <laughs> yeah, obviously as the psychotic. tester, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I think, it's both funny, but it's also kind of like, there's a level of horrific there because he's getting his grandson to taste the food that he thinks might be poison. It's like, what? Yeah. He would stoop that I Yeah. I, I don't think he thinks it's poison. I, I think that's just like another sort of way to show Kendall that like, I don't give a shit about you or your family, I guess, or your kids. Like, yeah, I don't trust you at all. I never will. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty, yeah. But a even bit that in itself is like, it just shows you that's your grandkid, mm. even though it's a symbolic kind of like move to show yeah. that it's just, it's terrible. Mm. Grandparents are meant to love their grandkids twice as much as their kid. Not not like that. The fact that he, Logan brings up the story of the waiter mm. and how Kendall kills the waiter and now he basically, what does he say? You know, whenever he says to um, Kendall, whenever you fucked up, I cleaned up your shit and I'm and now I'm the bad person. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, you are. <laughs> You've created these monsters. You are the original monster. Mm. I don't know. That's how I see it. And he yeah. hasn't really done anything to help his son, I think, even though he covers their mistakes. And, you know, I don't think he's actually because I don't think he's ever been a dad. No, no, that's true. But uh, yeah, so like Kendall says, I'm a good person I'm, mm. I'm, and I'm better than you. But I think Logan sort of has that delusion or whatever you would call it where he's at arm's length. I think he mentions that he sort of recognises the evil in the world mm. or the truth as he puts it so he can kind of control it in any way that he wants, which doesn't yeah. for him make him a bad person. It just means that he's sort of using this evil for his own will so but oh. whereas Kendall in his mind has actually lit- literally killed someone so yep. he is a bad person 
Whereas, yeah, Logan sort of has that. I'm sure it's with the cruisers as well. Like mm-hmm. he didn't do any of that stuff. He's always one, one like a length removed from all of it. So then he doesn't have to take responsibility for any of it, which is, yeah, ridiculous. Evil mastermind, that's what he is. Yeah, that's how he keeps on living, I guess, and living with all the stuff that he does. Not everyone can live this life. I'm a great revolutionary. A bit of fucking spice, a bit of fun. Fun. A bit of truth. Okay, truth, okay. I fucking know things about the world or I wouldn't turn a buck. Maybe. Not necessarily nice things. Should we follow um, Kendall all the way to what happens after, at the end, where he's on the floaty, he's drinking, his son leaves the pool area under the beautiful Tuscan sun, Mm. and then what's going on there? Is are there signs that he wants to end it all or Yeah, oh, he's super depressed. But yes. Yeah, I was like, oh, is this gonna be I think the way it ends is sort of fine, but he does have his head in yes. the in the water and sort of blowing bubbles. But I'm yeah, I I for a minute there I thought it was gonna turn sinister. But yeah, just the way it ended, I think it's more just him yeah, completely depressed. You mm. never know the next episode it might get sinister. From, I didn't really get that from the end. I could be totally wrong. The way that I saw that scene, I thought even if he's not trying anything at that very mm. moment where he's just putting his face under and kind of you see the, the bottle upside down floating around, mm. like it just feels that he, maybe he's not trying to kill himself there but it's on his mind Oh, yeah. Well, he, yeah, You know, he's, he's going to try whether it's now or next episode or at some point. I think he's, um, he's I'm worried about, he's I'm worried about Kindle. rock bottom. Mm, definitely. Exactly what that looks like. Mm. And because I will so, say Naomi wasn't there at the wedding. Oh, yes. So, and like we'd spoken about that was the ending of the party episode, like her last straw, Did something happened with them, would they mm. break up? And I think it was interesting that she wasn't there. Like you had Connor and um, Willow were at the wedding, even Jerry mm. and her partner, Laurie. I don't know if Laurie was at the wedding, but he d- he came with them to Tuscany, Italy. Mm. So Naomi's kind of the only one that's not there, which I thought was a little bit weird. It's a good observation and I think that just probably added to all of Kendall's problems, mm. pushing everyone away or being pushed away. And and what about when his PA approaches him about a podcast? Um, yeah. The Curse of the Roys and mentions <laughs> the, um, the kid that died at Shiv's wedding and whether who's obviously the waiter that Kendall actually killed mm. and whether that was an accident or if the kid was bullied into suicide or something strange. And you can tell... Kendall freezes and he's like, oh, stay on top of that one. Like he wants to know how that's yeah, that's going to go. Basically he wants to know about it um, and what these people know about it. Um, yeah, that probably speaks to all the sort of back, the cover-up and the clean-up that Logan did or got people to do, sort mm-hmm. of that misinformation that I'm sure got spread around, like, yeah, him committing suicide, him being bullied mm-hmm. into committing suicide, all this stuff when... Yeah, where would all that information come if not from Logan? Sort of exactly leaking fake news. It's fake news, fake dad. So yeah, it's those are like the, the big Kendall Roman episode, and then I think Shiv for the third sibling sort of pushes back against everything that's been happening for the majority of the season for her, and sort of emerges as the old Shiv, <laughs> saying that she's going to fight for her position, fight against her dad, fight against Roman, which we see. She's basically throwing Roman under the bus and, yeah, trying to get that CEO position. Yep. I have a feeling if nothing else tragic happens that derails the whole mission to CEO, I think Shiv's got it, Max. I think Shiv is still very focused. Mm. Um, That's a good word. But, she seems more f- focused yes. now. And I was going to say, I was going to make this observation about um, 
how for this whole season we've seen Kendall Kendall's awkwardness and awkward moments like throughout the whole, like every episode, yeah. all the weird stuff he's done, weird shit throughout the season. But in this episode you see his siblings doing all that awkward, weird stuff. It's like he's taken a serious turn and all his siblings are doing some like obviously with um, Roman with his dick pic and the fail there. You've got Connor's proposal and how that went, the marriage Mm. proposal. And then Shiv's pillow talk. I think out of all the kids, Shiv was the least awkward. Like that was was a very strange scene (laughs) for me and the fact that she's, you know, talks to Tom the way she does during their uh, private time and tells him she doesn't love him as if that's going to be a turn on. Um, but I found that that firstly that that was an interesting kind of like turn for the siblings. Like you see yeah. that Kendall versus the other three, like they're starting to stuff up and he's kind of turn, taking that serious turn. And then um, – I was also going to veer off and say how much I think I've learned about the family in this episode. Like there's all these hints about the past. I don't know. You probably noticed, but I'm just going to mention things like there's something strange going on um, with like or has happened to Connor's mum. So I don't know, did she die or was there a scandal? Because she's mentioned as part of that podcast about the curse of the Roys. I'm like, oh, I want to find out more. Uh, And I think we know more. Do we know anything? No, I, I don't know. I, I just sort of assumed it was like first wife kind of agreeing to go on the podcast just because like right. I'm sure she got hung out to dry. So she's huh. sort of like, yeah, like something might have happened. But, yeah, I was just yeah. wondering maybe if it was just, yeah, they were kind of like rattling off who the guests were or who would be on it. So it was like, oh, maybe she's just sort of putting her story out there. I saw it um, a different way. I thought it was basically the skeletons in the closet for mm, that. Could be. Because they mention Connor's mum and they don't explain much about it. They just say Connor's mum, his dad and someone called Rose and whatever that was, mm. whatever happened there, and then the kid who died at Shiv's wedding. So I thought they were the, they were the skeletons in the closet and yeah, whatever's happened cool. in the family. That's how I saw it. I could be totally wrong. And the other thing I think we learned from this there were some other things we learned about the family. The, we get an insight into Caroline and mm. what happened to her and and Logan and the kids and the fact that she they basically divorced and then she let Logan take the kids to New York mm. while she stayed away from them. But basically I think she did that as a sacrifice to make sure the kids get shares in the company and mm. have a better future, right? Did you? What did you think of that? talk between her and Shiv. Yeah, well, that's that's what she said. But and I, I'm sure that's true. But I, I think at the end of the day, it just sort of reinforces that they all, all three of them had no real parental figure. Like if Logan's your best option, that's pretty grim. It's a terrible and, option. And I think, yeah, on that sort of awkwardness of all of them, it mm. does kind of show that they're like, really, yeah, emotionally stunted from both their parents, their mother's super distant, which mm. again has probably made Shiv quite cold, I think, yep. and brutal. And then on the flip side, just makes Roman this sort of mummy's boy kind Mama's of boy. incredibly yeah. emotionally stunted, sexually stunted yeah, character, bouncing around for a mother figure, a father figure, a relationship, wherever he can get one. It's not yep. going well for him. And there's an interesting point in that um, Shiv and Caroline talk where they discuss children and that I think Caroline says, I shouldn't have had children. Mm, I should have yeah. had dogs, And uh, which is kind of like, uh, how can you make that comparison? Moving on. Yeah. Um, and then she actually says that even if Logan had dogs, she would he would kick the dogs to see if they would come back to him which I thought was such a top line, which kind of describes what Logan's doing to his own children, human yeah. children. So he kind of like it's he's like the puppet master basically and making them, you know, you know, fight against each other and trying to get to the throne, which yeah. is, of course, the whole point of the series. But, yeah. Yeah, and that's, I think that's sort of what I was thinking when that line came up. That, it, mm. that is just sort of encapsulates the whole series 
But yeah. again, it's like the way that we're watching it week to week and the the way we've been discussing it is sort of who's going to be the CEO. Mm. And I think that might be wrong. The more The more episodes I watch now, the more I'm of the opinion that there will be no CEO. And it is just sort of that someone gets to the top and then whether it's like Shiv messing up a deal or Roman sending a dick pic <laughs> or Kendall like just being Kendall and wanting to be the white knight riding in, they all just get, yeah, they get to the top and then the towel falls down and they're at the bottom and somebody else is at the top and it's just sort of that, mm. yeah, that merry-go-round of trying to get there, which is what the story is about more than the actual getting there. That's a very good point. And now that you say that, it'd be interesting to see what um, Matson Alexander Skarsgård's character will do if, Logan continues this merger and this deal and see what, you know, what terms he has and who mm. gets to run the place as well. So um, it'll be interesting to see where they go with that one. So Yeah, it's got to be just thinking from a purely logistical standpoint from for the mm. series. I don't think Skarsgård's going to be in every episode. No. So either, yeah, does the deal fall through or do they... Do they merge and then completely silo that 50% of the business? It'll be interesting to see what happens. But, yeah, if I'm mm. looking to the future, I could see the deal just completely falling through as a way for Skarsgård to not be as involved with the series mm. or to get his well, sort of could... three-app run in and then go home. For sure. But you know what? They they can do something where they have like, you know, who was it originally? I think he sent his chief financial officer to the original mm. meeting so maybe they can get someone if they can't afford Alexander Skarsgård. <laughs> they can get his chief financial officer to get involved in this merger and this business because I I feel that they need to have that other external kind of threat yeah, or that antagonist or something that yes some kind of antagonist because now with sandy on board mm. although i don't know how on board they are because they excluded them from whatever was going on with um yeah <laughs> gojo um yeah it'd be good to have the new antagonist and the new meddler the one that's kind of making logan a bit like you know mm. pissing him off a bit well yeah but i think they kind of shot themselves in the foot with that if they wanted to go that way because Logan, when that deal is sort of initially being worked out and the Gojo rep, reps are in the building and he mm. tells them to fuck off because he doesn't want to deal with any middlemen. Yeah. He just wants to deal with Skarsgård. So I'm, it sort of makes me think that if Skarsgård's not in the show, then Gojo isn't in the show. Mm. And then we're kind of mm. on to the next stage in Royco. The next, yeah, the next merger, the next CEO, the next whatever, mm. which is kind of the nature of the show. Yes, I guess you got to keep it going that way. Otherwise, mm. there's going to be some kind of, it's going to start ending. Yeah, right? exactly. And that's, yeah, it's, you can't just have a merger, a successful merger, and then <laughs> the company's good. And then, yeah, we don't want to watch a successful company for another season. We want a that's bit a good of point, Max. I didn't think that all the way through. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, it's annoying that we're, I'm still sort of like riding for them to pick the best possible option. Mm. And then in the back of mind, you're like, well, this these guys are terrible. I hope it I hope it all blows up in their face, really. You kind of want that to happen, don't mm. you? But, but you, then you half you want them because... to succeed. I don't know. It's a weird, weird yeah, Because balance. they're all like, they're all rubbish. They're all <laughs> evil. They're mm. all kind of the villains that you you kind of want to... You kind of look for the least villainous family member to kind of support and back, but it's it just mm. keeps on changing all the time. So I don't know who to dislike when, who's next. Yeah. We'll see. What about Connor and the proposal? What did oh you think God. of that? Such a Connor thing to do as well. Like proposing at a wedding. Or, Fail. Or, yeah, the wedding weekend is just ridiculous. So narcissistic. Yeah. But then like to propose at your... Well, actually, not even his mother. Yes. Your like step siblings, half siblings, whatever you would, however you would call them, their yeah. mother's wedding. <laughs> that you. He doesn't care. Yeah, I don't even know how he really got an invite to that, but 
when the he's doing this to the thing is I thought he was going to actually drop her and I think she felt yeah, that too so that I. she was going to get dumped yeah. and then he. Is he doing it to what did he say to to bulletproof his presidency? Yeah, thinking doesn't she have like a dark past and isn't she? (laughs) She Isn't her past a bit shady? She was an escort. Well, you know, that's a little bit shady for you know. (laughs) Well, for well, actually, there's been probably worse worse (laughs) political (laughs) candidates. That's just uh, that's the norm now, apparently. Mm. Well, if we're going back, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, and that's probably him just being an idiot. It's like, mm. oh, if we're married, it'll be fine. Doesn't really change the fact that, yeah, she has that past. Yeah. It's just, and maybe that's a reflection on the American political system. If they're married, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. Like, it's like Clinton, right? Had all those affairs, but mm-hmm. Hillary stood by him. Their marriage was stable, in air quotes. So then he was fine. Mm, but it's not really fine. Yeah, not real. No real fine relationships in any of these characters. <laughs> That's right. And oh, I just remembered. I heard the name. Was it Tatiana again? Roman's uh, Tabitha. Girlfriend. A uh, Tabitha. My mm. apologies, Tabitha. How was it? Logan that asked him where he's Tab. Someone asked him where's Tabitha. What's you know going on with her? And he again doesn't really talk about the issue and what's happened to her. I can't even remember Tabitha. Yeah, she showed up in that actress was is in something, Station Eleven maybe, or a new series that's coming out that I saw the trailer for. And then I was like, right. oh, well, she's definitely not coming back to succession then. Yeah, busy. Another regular series gig. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I think they mentioned Tabitha twice, once at the wedding, maybe even the mum does, and then, yeah, Logan in the boardroom when he's asking about the dick pic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that relationship's gone by the sounds of things. There you go. Failed relationships. And then, yeah, Tom and Shiv. Oh, dear. Yes. It's really funny. I think that relationship has been crumbling almost from the get-go, <laughs> but this season in particular. But yes. whilst Shiv's position was sort of unstable, the relationship seemed really unstable and they were like fighting, those back and forth, mm. like, yeah, cracks were forming. And now that everything's a bit more secure, well, Shiv's sort of state of mind is focused on what she wants to do. So is the relationship. It's focused but not in a good way. Like she's very clear when she comes out and says, I don't love you. Mm. Yeah, all that stuff like we should freeze. I should freeze my eggs. We're not going to have kids, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's such a weird relationship. It, that was the weirdest scene for me and I feel like that um, talk about freezing her eggs and having children, I think that all comes from her conversation with Caroline as well, her mum, mm. and how she didn't want to have kids and she shouldn't do it either. She's doing okay by not having any kids. and It's like she's be rebelling against um, yeah, her mum in a way. Because that's the first time she started really talking about kids and and having a kid plan Mm. right like she's going to freeze her eggs and do all that but all i think of when i see those two together it's like tom run like he's just what is he i don't understand like how in love he is with her or the the money or the uh, i don't know what's going on there but i just i can't i can't understand tom yeah well but i think everything shiv said is kind of true and tom doesn't Mm. really like disagree with any of it it's that like that chase is what he's there for and that sort of status the power that comes with it Mm. probably the reason that he hasn't left and it's just so funny you'd think normally if a couple goes through a rough patch and then comes out the other side it'd be the opposite of that conversation where they're both like i love you like we're stronger than ever and they weirdly seem stronger but it's more just shiv coming out the other side and just being like I don't love you. There's no mm. sort of ifs or buts or maybes about it. It's, it is what it is. Yeah. And that's like defining the relationship. Yes. <laughs> and it's not, a, she does it's say, not a great definition. Mike, she says, I love you. I don't love you, mm. but I love you. Yeah. And I'm thinking, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> so you're not in love with him, but you're just happy to be with him. Like I'm trying to interpret this relation. It's just insane to me. Yeah, it's like an arrangement, a business arrangement. Mm. It's not really love. There's no love of any kind. That's how I feel. The love of the so. deal. <laughs> the art of the deal. Max, uh, looking at relationships again, what about um, 
Greg, and he's that weird five-minute scene about the girl that he liked and was trying to woo and take mm. her out and him questioning her depth. It's sort of like that self-sabotage that's come to be part of Greg's character. That is sort of like his defining trait really. Mm. And so he gets a foot in the door with Comfrey, like things seem to be going okay, even if she's using him to get back at Kendall. Yeah. It kind of it kind of been like a week, two weeks, I don't know, the time <laughs> that's passed. Time. He just can't sit still. He can't enjoy the moment and he has to sort of, what do they say, climb the relationship ladder. Yes, to use it and they're to, laughing at him. To yeah. get to the next sort of person. Again, terrible yeah. advice from Shiv and Tom. Of course it's terrible <laughs> advice. You, you know, if he, he liked the girl. He was able to ask her. He should just go with it. I don't know mm. what the problem is, why he's that self-sabotage and all that BS. He really should just go with it and stick to just being human, you know? None of them are human. Uh, no, they're not. The funny thing is there was another scene where – He's trying to crack on to that. Uh, is that a Contessa or does Roman yeah, just call like her that? Royalty like or some something. Royalty, yeah. yeah. And he, he totally, Roman totally humiliates Greg while he's trying to like talk to her. And, you know, I thought that was pretty cool from Roman, but also from him. What's he doing there? Like he's already dating someone. She's in the vent. She's, she's there. And I don't know what he's trying to prove, but Greg is very unsure of himself. Yeah, mm. unsure of himself, but then like, hyper sure of himself like the fact that yeah he's sort of unsure of this relationship yeah uh, I, I don't even know how to word it really like she's he's got the relationship and to prove to himself or to tom that he can mm. in a way and now he's on to the next like a bigger bigger and better things in his mind another one it's tom and greg that i think run what are you doing you don't belong um, but I guess we need them, the necessary characters, because you can't just have the core Roy family and yeah. none of these kind of outside characters balancing the whole thing, right? You, yeah. you need them. Uh, but I, and I do think it's probably another subtle way of showing Greg just becoming more and more corrupted and more taken into this world mm. where maybe a season one Greg would never have done that kind of thing. But now yeah. season three, yeah. He's sort of using women as the step to the next woman and then, yeah, mm. trying to sue Greenpeace. And yeah, he's not really doing that, is he? Was he <laughs> well, was just talking about it? it doesn't, he's trying to get someone, I think that was like all the conversations he was having, trying to get someone to be like, oh, that's a good idea. Give him trying to get sort approval of, for yeah. suing Greenpeace. Mm. <laughs> that's awesome. So, yeah, more and more right. he's turning into one of them. Mm. It's not a good thing. She's done it. Now it's Greg. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it happens to all of them, no matter how smart, yeah, proficient you are. And aware because they are aware of how, what it's, what Logan's like and how mm. cruel he can be and how driven he is. And so that it, but they're still attracted to that power and that that's the way you should be to get there type of thing. Which yeah. Is, you know, no, that's, they, that's a good point. That's yeah, sort they, of like if, yeah, if Shiv coming in was that sort of left-leaning um, mm. persona and yeah. she was quite like clued in, quite quite smart, and it corrupted her, I don't think, yeah, Greg doesn't stand a chance. No, he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> Bye-bye, sturdy booty. And Kendall's the only one really trying to push push against it. Mm. even if it is for his, just, and it's destroyed him really exactly he hasn't done it well mm. in this season and he's just not mentally strong enough to go against logan i think mm. he's, he thinks he's smart he thinks he's he's doing it for a good reason but none of that stands you know he just doesn't have it i like her yeah. i do wonder is there depth there? Sure. Like, is I don't know. Is there substance? Depth? Oh my God! A man dying of thirst is suddenly a mineral water critic. Does Comfrey not state your lust for wisdom, Greg? It's such a shame Sontag's not still alive. You can take her to the drive-through. 
So Max, what do you think is going to happen in next week's finale? Any predictions? Any? I think replacing wages. The, <laughs> I think the deal will fall apart. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, maybe we get like a um, Skarsgård Brian Cox standoff. Ooh. Logan and Matson. Uh, that would be sort of my uh, go-to. I hope that happens. Yeah, but apart from that, it'd be interesting to see the Roman fallout. What happens there? Mm. I think we need a bookend to Kendall because his yeah his story is like that tragedy, right? So you need. Yes. I don't know how much lower he can get, but you do mm. need to sort of put a cap on it. So is there one final step for him to fall down or something? Yeah, yeah we'll need something. I'm actually seeing visions of um, Kendall in hospital. Mm. Like yeah. I'm getting these scenes and I'm I'm also getting the Roman the Logan vibe of hints of guilt and him visiting him and but <laughs> nothing really major coming out of it. It's optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> guilt? <laughs> Probably doesn't know the word. No. But yeah. What about you? What do you think? I think that I yeah. see some kind of really bad a fall for Kendall. Um and like I kind of see what we saw in season one with Roman, you know, who was hospitalized and all the children around him trying to see what's going to happen next and who, who takes over and and obviously they did care about the dad so they were concerned about him as well. Mm. But I think I see that I see that with Ken. I see a lot of remorse for some of them, the ones that actually have a bit of heart like Roman and yeah. um, a little bit of Shiv. I, I see a bad future for Ken. I don't know if Ken's going to, I don't know. I see him in hospital. Well, it's just yeah. me. I could be completely wrong, but that's the way I, that's what, what I feel is going to happen. Yeah, oh, you could be totally right. I think, yeah, it's probably worth noting that when he is in the pool, the kids sort of, they make a point of showing the kids going inside. Which... Yes. Yeah, because you see that he's drunk, he's yeah. down. He, you see the the imagery of like the beer bottle upside down, his face into the pool. Mm. We don't see him lift the face. I mean, he's right in there. He could have, he might be willingly doing that. He might have fainted in the pool. Like, I don't know, but something bad's happened. I just got bad vibes, like something bad's going to happen to Kendall. And so yeah, him drowning mm. after... Yeah. Or close to close drowning. to drowning after the previous drowning incident at the previous wedding. Exactly. It's all very poetic in a way. Yes. So he he made someone he killed someone by drowning and now maybe that's his guilt about mm. that as well. Surfacing. Yeah. No, I think or, you're right. That's that's a good prediction, I think. Maybe there is sort of some emergency. He is in hospital. Mm. And then you have yep. that big deal on going on in the background and he just kind of gets ignored. Yeah, or maybe that, yeah. <laughs> until it's too late or something. I don't know. There's got to be something big. Yeah. I can't wait for next week after mm. this episode. Yeah. It was like an emotional roller coaster <laughs> for me, this one. Just laughing one minute. Um, I was watching this on my own um, on the laptop and I had the hubby watching me, like looking at me strangely because I'm like going, you know, like that. <gasps> and the <laughs> laughing, like it's just... The reactions were a roller coaster ride. So mm. it was a great episode and I want the next one to be even bigger. All right. Well, see you next week, Dee. Thanks to everyone for listening to us. And don't forget to check out Succession, the finale next week as well. All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs>